What's going on, everybody? Today is October 6th. It's 10 a.m. on the East Coast, and it is Aloha Friday, which means some of us have Aloha shirts on, which is usually the case. We're not doing so bad. We don't have them in Australia. <laughs> and What's Aloha? What did we lose Beth, or did she pop off real quick? We had Beth. Uh, she, said, <laughs> like she was here before the splash. Right <laughs> Do you want to come back on stage, Beth? <laughs> No, she says no. Okay, that's fine. She took herself off stage. As long as we know why why she did it, that's fine. <laughs> Just checking, you know. Don't want to throw people on stage if they don't want to be here. Um, hey, what's going on today, guys? Uh, it's like I said, it's a little Friday, and today um, we are talking about what are we talking about? We're talking about um, uh, AI in the supply chain, and there's quite frankly quite a few different ways that can go as I was doing my own research. And I know Andy, you're going to kind of dive into this in a second, but I was really intrigued to, to read about stories about, I think Amazon comes to mind for a lot of people because they're such a massive company that deals with this, but also how they're like doing new AI things for their customers to use that. They're passing that AI down to their customers, to their, to their small business people who are using uh, Amazon, which is super cool. I read some really cool things about what Intel is doing, what Lowe's is doing for supply chain. Just really, really cool story. So, Andy, do you want to, uh, or anybody, do you want to kind of kick us off on this topic of AI in the supply chain? Sure, I'll, I'll talk to it. So, um, if you have a simple supply chain, say, you know, you're manufacturing a product and you have three different suppliers and, you know, they're in three different countries and so on, you, you may not have as large a need for AI to support your supply chain optimization as the really big players who are creating a, a massive, massive supply chain. So who has the biggest no. supply chain out there in, in the world? I would argue it's Amazon. Uh, Amazon originally started out with just books, but they expanded up to <laughs> every country, to every uh, product in the world, and they have to source those things. And Amazon also doesn't, doesn't just do drop shipping with the providers of those things. It actually buys products and has it available for fulfillment by Amazon. So it has to do incredible calculations to do that efficiently. Some other players who have probably forged the way, kind of cut the ice on AI supply chain management, you can imagine automotive manufacturers who have a very complex assembly and, and uh, you know, especially in combustion engine development, hundreds of suppliers all having to arrive and like 25 years ago, we heard about just-in-time supply chains that delivered the product, you know, directly to the automotive assembly lines, like just on the day it was needed. And that's that's reducing the amount of inventory that's held by the auto company. And so those are things that actually require decisions about where to place your manufacturing plants and so on, which is a part of supply chain optimization. Well, let's go back to the uh, just the general idea of how Amazon or Apple, for example, is just making phones, you know, that have zillions of little parts and doing it all around the world. Let's just talk about what uh, optimization is about. It's about optimizing the demand fill rate. Hey, that sounds good. Uh, it's about <laughs> the right product into the right place with the least lead time and with a minimum of inventory. Okay. Yeah. So all of that depends on demand forecasting. 
And you can do demand forecasting using the earlier forms of AI, like not large language models at all, really about regression-oriented demand forecasting. So you take ba uh, base your predictions on historical patterns, and then you project what it is that's going to be required in future periods. Okay, but then what you want to do to optimize is you want to get to the point where your whole supply chain and your demand forecasting is part of a real-time uh, comparison of what's happening through your supply chain and what's happening on the demand side. Now that in involves another technology, which is like Internet of Things tracking of what's happening through the logistics chain. Uh, but then it also requires EDI, remember EDI, electronic data yep. with your manufacturers, so that they're informing you way in advance of when you need the product of just what the status of their manufacturing process is. So imagine now a, an enormous range of sensors all across all your suppliers Think about this in the context of Apple and it's mind boggling. And they're all having to, as part of their agreements with you, inform your AI about what the status of their production is. Why? Because if, if there's a big shift in, in something that happens within the supply chain, you've got to be able to react to that. Uh, and then on top of that, there's a whole area of, of interest in supply chain optimization now, which is called demand disruption. Oh my gosh, we got a war in the food supply chain. It's messing things up over here. Or this chip is no longer available. What do we do? There's a demand disruption that happens when you know, a new competitor comes in. There's all these things that have to happen now with really fast response time. And that's the domain of AI. I wanted to share, uh, oh, by the way, in manufacturing processes, there's another thing that you can apply AI to all the way down to the atomic level, which is anomaly detection. So AIs are really good at looking at what the output of a, a manufacturing process is and saying, okay, we have normally a 2% fail rate is being rejected, but now suddenly we're getting a 10% fail rate and that's impacting our ability to supply to our, our downstream members of the supply chain. That has to be communicated, that has to be sensed, and that has to be added to the AI's predictions. Okay, so I want to share my screen here quickly. Uh, I want to show you something that I, I looked at in the consumer packaged goods space. Um, where do I where do I share here? Okay. Where, uh, if you if you start it, then I can bring it up on screen. Okay. Start. Yeah, but where do I start it, guys? Uh, down towards the bottom where it says present. Ah, uh, present. Thank you. I was looking for share. Okay. Yeah, I know. So share screen, and let me pick well, the right. While you're sharing screen, screen, Andy, one thing I will say about just in time is that the whole COVID thing kind of made us realize that maybe it needed a little bit of work on that kind of thing. It was a little bit. <laughs> it broke really badly in some places. Yeah. Hence, yeah, people, yeah. hence people fighting over toilet paper in supermarkets. <laughs> It's very, very complicated. Now, I'm going to show you this company that I talked to, which is a, a recent startup in supply chain optimization using the latest technologies of AI. But again, the big players have their own teams that have been doing this for you know decades, literally, to do this optimization. But this is an interesting example, and I just wanted to show you this. It's all about they're focusing on the demand forecasting side, predictive inventory planning. And here's like what they can also do. They can slave up your demand 
uh, sensing and forecasting tools together, optimize for promotion planning, purchase and replenishment planning, and sales and operations planning. So Fountain Nine, I, I met with the CEO of that company, a, a really brilliant woman who's built this along with a partner. Um, and anyway, this this is the whole area. And so with that introduction, I'm going to stop sharing. And uh, did I stop? I hope that's true. I did. I pulled it off the screen. Yeah, okay, you're thank good. Thank you so much. And uh, <laughs> uh, thanks for your attention on that uh, short introductory lecture. Listen, I I have all sorts of questions. I know Carl was about to say something too, but like, I'm here's the big question I have for you, Andy, or over the whole the whole crew is really what I heard from all of that though is for all of that to work. If we if we just tear that all down, for any of that to work, it really comes down to data, data quality. Um, you know, the, the ability to share data outside of silos, like that, to me, seems to be. It's got to be one of the continuing biggest issues with supply chain is I don't I don't get the impression. I'm not an expert here. I don't get the impression from what I was reading about that we're I think I read a quote that said we were still five to 10 years away from a truly optimized supply chain system where the data was. AI enhanced, if you will, it was clean enough, it was ready enough, it was not siloed, so that all parts of supply chain were able to actually connect and interact with each other in a real, real time way is just for anybody. I'm just curious, do you guys see or hear the same thing that like, it's it's sort of how it always comes back with AI is it always comes back to the data and the quality of it. Um, is that a big issue as you see it? Uh, well, yes. Let me just say a, a, a question you might ask about who has the very best AI is who has the most data all mm -hmm. along the chain, and and I would argue it's Amazon and Apple. I would say those probably two. Amazon, right? That'd be my guess. Yeah, those yeah. two. They must have already built these things in Kroger. So it's all about the data. Who has the who has the most data access? And yes, if if you're in a supply chain where there's small suppliers who don't have the sophistication to supply that data in real time to the system that, you know, that's, that's not optimized. Brian, you mentioned about data siloing and uh, the problems with privacy and data sharing and things like that. I would like to know what, um, because you have a, a company like Amazon, uh, did they overcome that because they just, owned the entire vertical on that or are they are they designing a, a way to connect all of that data to to make sure that i mean they have aws right they're one of the biggest data providers as well so i'm just wondering if the solution that companies have designed to overcome those issues in data is that they built their own thing and they built it from bottom up as I understand I it with AWS, they Amazon built that for their own everything, and then they suddenly realize, oh, we've got all this spare um, compute um, that we can sell to people, which then became a huge side business. But yeah, I, it certainly sounds that like that's what happened with them. I can't really speak too much about the other companies, whether Carl or Andy or Beth knows any different. Well, what's interesting is there there are very large. Uh, service providers in the supply chain software business, right? Who mm -hmm. don't have native understanding of supply chain management because they are a digital thing. Like take SAP, for example, or IBM. Mm -hmm. 
Now, IBM yep. in, in past uh, times actually produced product, and so they probably cut their teeth on that. But there are very, lots of different sources for supply chain optimization software. They're all, I'm sure, very, very proficient. But we have to just be mind boggled by what's possible with a company like Amazon, where the volume of data and the volume of, uh, of compute resources, which is nothing. So Google, for example, has a lot of data about demand, right? Every time you do a search for a product, they know about it and they have incredible compute resources. So they have those two things going for them. And then they also have some manufacturing capabilities, but they can also supply AI optimization to your supply chain management with a lot of experience. So I think one of the things that AI has shifted in this conversation is that AI has the ability to to develop personalized options. We talk about that in terms of sales and like having a personalized um, like sales proposition for a customer, but you could conceivably build a personalized data feeder if the data coming to you is consistent from that uh, source, right? So you could create something that extracts just the data that you need from what they're giving you and puts it in a format. And that kind of personalization wasn't like feasible until this, but that sort of thing could be built fairly quickly and uh, implemented perhaps faster than getting everybody to clean their data the way you <laughs> they really need to clean it in order to feed into your pre-existing system, right? So, so that's, that's one of the great point. That That's I a feel great like point. Let me add to it, which is Yay. personalization of the supply chain for customization of the development of products that are designed for the individual. That's mm -hmm. the future, right? I, I mm -hmm. order something now. It gets produced by the supply chain to my specification. I'm not just picking something off the shelf, but there's a really optimized supply chain that can deliver it to me, maybe not overnight, but maybe in the, a reasonable time period, one week, but it's been bespoke manufactured for me. Right, yeah. right, right. The, you know, the, I, uh, uh, the holy grail of the 3D printing technology. 3D printing is a big part of that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was I was thinking about um, when I was working at supply chain for like three or four years, the number one thing that we always talked about was total landed cost. Does anybody know what that means? Yeah. So no, I'm explain it. Um, total landed cost is how much it totally costs when you're moving a product from uh, the manuf uh, the manufacturer all the way to your door. Mm -hmm. So they're always trying to reduce that total landed cost. So everything mm -hmm. in AI enables the the I guess the prediction and the software to try to reduce that cost. Now a couple of years ago the oh maybe it was a decade ago, the thought was, I think uh, Google invested in, I forgot which autonomous um, car researcher, and then Amazon did a, as well. So the thought was, imagine if autonomous car with your packages delivered to your door mm. and to reduce the landed cost of, I think, Andy, do you know there was a term that is, is it called the last mile? Whatever that term is, that. Yeah, how do, you get, how do you get 
How the do last you get mile, it the from big the mile. last point of mm -hmm. mechan yes. mechanized distribution to the hands to of your, the consumer. Yeah. That's what and that's the most to. expensive part of the supply yeah. chain. I always have heard that is the last mile, and Amazon is obviously again one of many. So is Lowe's. So is so many other obviously huge uh, companies and small. So, but that's so that the hugest cost. Th then the term drone has to come into the uh, conversation. Right. Because well, the right. Of course. And I think it's, you know, just watching what, I mean, I've seen it in my neighborhood. I suppose other people have too. Like there's now an Amazon um, last mile distribution center. That's probably three, less than three miles from my house. And you always know when it's time for all to go out. Cause all the Rivians are lined up. All the Rivian bands are lined up and they all come out and it's like watching something out of old school TV. Cause they all like line up and they go, pew, 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 you know, like down the road this way, down the road this way, down the road. And they all go out together, like whatever it is, 7am. I mean, you always see, I don't know, at least on the road that I'm on, uh, which is a good East to West thoroughfare uh, right outside my neighborhood. There's usually like pockets of, I would say seven to eight. If you see one Rivian Amazon van, you see seven or eight of them <laughs> all within very close quarters of each other, just a few lanes apart or a mile apart or whatever. Yeah. So it's always really interesting to see how they do that. Um, and now, now think about how they have to stock the distribution center from which the Rivian vans lead. Right. Okay. Uh, you know, Amazon is pushing the lead time down to same day delivery. Now, yeah, right. how do they do that while minimizing inventory? Well, they have to have very sophisticated AI to say, hey, we don't need to stock every one of our products in this distribution center. We just need these yeah. things because this particular population that's geographically centered around this area, I, I got to put a distribution center that has only these products in these quantities. And that mm -hmm. optimizes the delivery that's immediate in the last mile. You know, we've I, been I talking about that. I want to interject here to just say I'm always amazed by Carl. Carl has such depth of experience, and we never learned about it until we're in these meetings. But man, landed cost is something that you think about because if you are wrong about where you delivered mm -hmm. your your goods at, at the first, uh, you know, sort of site to site delivery to a distribution center, and you have to reship it across the country to get it to a customer. That's adding landed cost, right? So that freight cost gets added to the total landed cost. And, and that was a really big problem for LifeAid. Uh, not a big problem. I mean, we solved it, but without AI, and because we're sending big 22-pound containers of, of liquid, <laughs> and you yeah. just send that by uh, you know truck, and it's very expensive with gas prices as they are. Do you know, like, you know, all the fruits that come to your local grocery store, whether organic or wherever you shop, there are, I forgot the term that they use to put those fruits inside a container. I think it was a cold storage, whatever it is that like, there is a timing that they have to hit. It's like this type of fruit or vegetable can only be in transit for two days, three days before it goes bad. So there's like cargo containers that like automatically shift the temperature based on what the pro produce is and then mm -hmm. that like the timing of that from where it's picked where it's like how it's delivered into flash whether frozen. It's, yeah all yeah. the way to the grocery is like when i first learned about this i was like it's so so fascinating and precise you know to get everything we want when we want it how we want it and we're like now we're a society that's like 
I want this today. I want, I'm already used to getting it. Like we stopped anything over a week. You're like, well, that takes too long. It's like, we can get it next day. Sometimes you can get it day of, which is to me crazy. Just the cycle, like from end to end is it's insane. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I have a, an anecdote about that. And at, at life aid where we're shipping containers of, you know, better for you beverages, <clears throat> when it gets cold in a certain area, that whole area has to shut down logistics because the things will freeze and explode because mm. you don't have heated vans that are going to take this from point A to point B. So suddenly your whole logistics map has changed. And, and today AI isn't helping, you know, our head of logistics. He has to go and try to figure out what do I do with these things? I've got to stop deliveries from this point to this point, And yeah. I'm, I'm just going to delay deliveries by two weeks. So, I, I, a couple of things to say. Number one, you, you know, Amazon has made it big when they set a warehouse up in Perth, which is like, excuse my French, we, we describe Perth, lovely place, but it's literally in the arse end of nowhere. So, all the cool stuff takes 10 years later than everywhere else to get to us. So, we've got one here, and some days we even have same day delivery, which is amazing, but next day is usually pretty common. So, that's pretty cool. Um, when I was doing a bit of research for the, um, the show tonight, one of the things that popped up that I thought was quite interesting, which we haven't talked about yet, is quality inspection using AI, particularly bundled with computer vision, like we were talking about ChatGPT vision yesterday. So it can um, automate the quality inspection process and you know, in, identify defects or inconsistencies in the products at much earlier stages. Uh, it could be great for food products, for example, for, like fruit, for example. So, and then there's companies in the automotive and the electronics industry that are leveraging AI for this sort of stuff. So here's another, when this thing is, it's, it's a spider web everywhere. Without it, our world collapses in on itself. So we want I to think, work. Uh, I think Amazon is missing a, a um, wait for it, prime opportunity to put a show on um yeah came came to me right there yeah uh on uh like amazon prime their their tv i mean like their streaming service and it could literally just be like cctvs of their supply chain and watching things like detection anomaly section things getting swiped off the uh the rails and, and trucks being loaded i'd watch that damn thing i'd be like what are they doing there What's going on in there? Oh, that's interesting. I wonder why they stocked the boxes over there. I'd lose six hours of my day watching that stupid show. I, like, um, just, I funny, must... you show, funny you say that. I saw a video on YouTube last night was inside an Amazon warehouse mm. with these little yeah. carts all driving over the yeah. place and stopping to drop products in a base. Yeah. Under, I've seen that one. It's yeah. so cool. Yeah. That, I'm by the way, Brian, the, the, there the, was this show uh, called okay. How It's Made. Uh, yeah. Oh, how, 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 yeah. 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 That's the show that would get you caught. Like you'd be walking through the room and all of a sudden you'd see it. It'd be on TV for some reason. It'd be like how pencils are made. And like 40 minutes later, you'd be like, right. what happened? <laughs> what? <laughs> what just happened the last 40 minutes of my life? <laughs> but now I know how pencils are made and I feel better about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to need this knowledge from. someday. Yeah, I may need this. I mean, yeah, this is the knowledge I really need to uh, be focusing on. The guy from Cheers, like John Ratzenberger, he used to do a show like that. Maybe he did how it's made, but it was like that. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I think that stuff is like super cool. And it's interesting. I mean, Publix is the shopping, uh, the, the grocery uh, store in this area and all of pretty much Florida, um, which is it, Publix is actually a really great store. And like, they, it's quite literally like as I point, it's about 
100 yards this way, the Publix. And um, which is super cool and also super bad when you're like, I could cook something or I could just walk the Publix. <laughs> um, but it's just to see the trucks come in and like just to think about everything you were just talking about, Andy and Carl and everybody else about like what it took for that shirt, that truck to back up to that loading dock or unloading dock. And then like what that, what that took for that, those groceries or that banana to land on the shelf at the right, rightness and da, 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 all the way down, you know, and all the anomaly detections, all stuff mm. and how like each, each company now is having to, you know, not having to, I mean, it's survive or die, right. As far as using AI to optimize and can continue to optimize and, you know, one of the things I read that was like sort of a potential feature of this was um, AI actually stepping in and then ordering, like doing procurement ordering and actually taking over that what you would almost assume is a human role, which is just AI saying, look, I've got all the I can compute everything that's going on in the entire, you know, route of the supply chain with the heavy weather in Iowa and the delays and, da, 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 and the truck's not going to land into whatever. And it's and it can now just go autonomously and and maybe make these new orders or whatever the case is which i find incredibly mm -hmm. fascinating yeah that's so here's a, here's a spoiler alert on the perishables and or consumables in the grocery chain store supply chain there's too many players in there that aren't hooked up to the manufacturers you have to you have to deliver your product through a distributor so mm -hmm. right. uh, whole foods for example part of amazon uh, right. uses a company called UNFI, United Natural Foods, uh, whatever. International. Uh, and, and those people, they determine how much they're going to buy from the manufacturer, but they don't have information about whether the product is void on the shelf, meaning it's been sold yeah. out or somebody inside the store left it in the back room and it's just not selling, not because there's no demand. So the, the POS is saying, oh, there's nobody buying this right now. Well, why? Because it's they don't want it or is it because it's not being presented? Right. So you're dependent as a consumer packaged goods manufacturer and producer. You're dependent on them figuring out whether something's missing. And they're not focused on you, especially if you're a small CPG company. Right. Uh, and right. so void detection on the shelf is kind of the next stage of this thing. Having metrics and sensors in the store on the shelves so that 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 van when it backs up is delivering the right stuff to ensure that it gets on the shelf but then there's also the management of the store that has to take it from the back room and get it to the shelf and then ai is there to say okay i've got a camera over here that's looking at that whole shelf presentation and it's saying it's supposed to look like this on the planogram but it's not. There's there. This part's missing, right? Chat GPT vision that, for um, supply chain. Right. Yes. Putting all yeah. of that sensory, uh, you know, input to the data for this optimized supply chain. I just wanted to say, spoiler alert, because it's not yet there, right? We yeah. don't have right. that in the food chain. But it well, sounds I like we're not far off from perfect. the smart grocery store, though. You know. Like the, the smart grocery. So, I mean, Amazon has tried to do that and they closed them in Seattle and your guys area and stuff like that. I've been in them and they've said, oh, that's not, it's like, we just tried it or whatever. And you know, the, the contactless checkout where you just put it in your, your bag and walk, walk out the door and it knows you did. And the palm reading and all these things. So we've sort of seen the, the smart parts of it, 
Um, but it, that's really interesting to do that. I know we're sort of last on time. I cut you off, Jimmy. No worries. I was just going to bring up the TLDR because yeah. both of what you and Andy have mentioned are perfect for the TLDR. What do you think? Uh, what is your thoughts or give me a, a single uh, uh, future side idea on uh, supply chain and AI? It's it's already out there, but I'm just excited to see when drones are flying, zillions of drones are mm -hmm. flying around delivering shit to people. That'll be pretty cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's my deal. And, and getting it shot down by a lot yeah. of other people. <laughs> yes. Yes, there's going to be that problem. Uh, especially the southern part of the United States. Sorry, Brian. <laughs> you, you'll have to hire a, um, a, an escort military drone to catch those guys that are trying to shoot down the delivery trucks. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you got drones okay. escorted by drones with those drones having weapons on those drones. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> For those of you uh, playing along at home, these are our uh, non-American panelists making fun of us. <laughs> Too easy. Yeah. yeah, it's easy humor. It's true. <laughs> I my think my oh, go ahead, Beth, please. I think mine is um, is the the tension of the juxtaposition between a personalized approach and how much of that information are we as consumers um, giving, right? So if there's a camera pointed at the shelf, is it also pointed at the, as, at the shopper, right? Are you now tracking how long I look at the packaging to make that decision, right? Where is my consent in that data? that kind of stuff and i'm kind of surprised that it hasn't already happened Beth. If, 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 and it maybe. may very well be happening yeah. and we just I, don't I would, know. Say, I would say it probably does <laughs> yeah. yeah go ahead andy. andy okay tldr the as with almost any kind of ai the data is essential and today mm -hmm. some supply chains have militated that the data is flowing up and down the supply chain but others have not, and most of them have not. So it's really about developing the sensors and the communication across changing players in a supply chain. So you switch suppliers all the time and making sure that all of that information is being managed by AI because it's way beyond the capabilities of individuals to compute that. Mm -hmm. um, I just wanna add like as a business, I would be excited, especially if you are uh, in the distribution of a product that is part of your service, because of with all these adaptations into AI, your products will go out faster. And if you can leverage said data with Amazon, then I think you'd be able to reach your specific target or area or whoever your your, your business plan is focusing on, I think there's huge opportunities for your business with the data that's being collected and the innovations that are coming in supply chain. I can see yeah, someone yeah. like Amazon having a, a supply chain module on AWS for people and then selling physical IoT devices, internet of things, devices that small businesses can put in their um, business to do this kind of stuff. I think that'll happen one day. Yeah. And think, I'd like to go for it. Go ahead. I, I'd like to see um, probably a, a, a little uh, smaller in scope, but perhaps supply chain uh, logistics providers working with 
um, some of the customer facing uh, applications, for example, um, in the healthcare side of things, you know, knowing what, uh, or even just like dietary needs and things like that. We've already seen that we've got smart refrigerators that can identify what's missing from your shopping list and, you know, help you make those purchases. Uh, I'd really like to see an integration where, you know, I'm following a dietary plan, uh, just as an example. And I know, like, I need X, Y, and Z. Let's, uh, let's work with, you know, whatever provider, like Instacart or, or, or whatnot, and they work with their logistics so that they can identify, oh, hey, you know, these users are going to need um, whatever, you know, whatever recipes or, or whatnot, whatever dietary plan they're going with. And that's a, a little smaller scale, but mm -hmm. I think that would be uh, very appealing for that last mile um, calculation there. Yeah, I'll just say I'm like, I'm really excited for like small business owners. Um, I think of Erica Rankin, who's one of my favorite people on LinkedIn. And I've been following her journey now for two plus years. She owns a company called Brodo. Um, she's a Canadian company, Carl. And uh, so I can't, I couldn't, I don't, couldn't get it down here if I wanted to still, still only in Canada and they're going to expand. But I've watched her whole journey from literally processing orders, her in the kitchen, scooping out and creating the what's called bro dough which is like an edible cookie dough um it's got like more enhanced protein in it and stuff um and all the way to the point where now she's on store shelves and she's working with companies and stuff and so i look at her and i say okay two years post covid she starts this business out of her like out of her apartment literally you know pictures of boxes and everything like just really you know, grassroots type stuff to now where she is going into a grocery store and being able to pick it up off the shelf after they've just done a whole pr product revision and all this other stuff. Anyway, my TLDR is just to say like, I don't really have a TLDR, but like, I'm really excited for people like Erica, who I think are going to be able to not only take advantage of the um, improvements since COVID, because I agree, Erin, COVID had woke a lot of people up to how bad the supply chain can be when there's a crisis like that. So I'm interested to see how AI will, that how that will drive innovation, but then also everything that started to happen in 2023 and earlier with all the AI stuff and even things like the ChatGPT vision, but on a, on a more, you know, industrial scale of that, you know, how does that play in and how does that give Erica with her one company and her one product, how does that give her a competitive advantage to sit on the shelves of grocery stores and be successful. I mean, you know, she may have a very, very successful, what she does, but you know what I'm saying? It could grow over the next five years and how mm -hmm. AI will be able to help her do that. That gets me super, super excited because like, those are the, I want to root for, I, I want to root for the Amazons too. I have stock there, but I want to root for the Erica's of the world and I want to see them, you know, mm -hmm. uh, succeed. And I think there's a lot of opportunity for it with this uh, AI and supply chain. Um, all right, do we have any others to, before we wrap up for Friday for the week? Nope. nope. All right. That's it for this episode. We have many, many more episodes coming. And the reason I know that is because we just talked about all like the next, uh, I don't know, 15 topics or so we're going to hit over the next couple of weeks. So we're excited to get those out there and get them posted on LinkedIn and set up those times. And hopefully we will see y'all there until Monday. We will see y'all. Thanks for hanging out with us. Bye. Bye. Bye.